surround the stadium. Now he's digging deep. The crowd is roaring. Their hero is coming on. Will it be a fairy tale? Now it is cemented for Michael Diamond. And there in the middle, and the crowd erupts. Australia win! New world record! This is a famous victory, a magnificent performance. We have just broken the American stranglehold on this race. The roof is lifting off this stadium. The, the winner is, 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 is. It's all about a fair go for those who have a go. G'day and welcome to the Have A Go podcast, Olympic special coming at you throughout the Tokyo 2020 Games. We're very happy to be here. My name is Dave Edwards. I'm joined, as I am, throughout this special series by Dane Eldridge. Dane, welcome to the show. How are you? Great to be here, mate. Just absolutely amped. Amped to the back teeth, as I love to say. Um, you know, I got so excited the other day I got a nosebleed. I mean, Olympic spirit is just um, running rife at the moment, and it's good Christ. to be on the ground with you. Absolutely, mate. It is terrific to be here, and I am pumped too. And I'm even more pumped now. We're obviously in day one, and yep. last night I saw Bruce McAvaney's primer at the top oh. of the seven broadcast coverage. Mr. Olympics. Mate, he was trembling with emotion in that intro and fuck they were on message early it was you know we need this our incredible athletes this will give us hope belief and solidarity you could tell that the presenters have been given a massive pep talk by James Warburton and Kerry Stokes Definitely, the, the, yeah, the uh, share price is at, at risk here, boys, so you need to amp up the, the rhetoric, really. That's, that's the instructions, wasn't it, mate? And, and, and it was obviously clear in their minds that this is the no-fun Olympics, as we've mentioned earlier, which is a pretty harsh title considering there was an Olympics that was hosted by the Nazis. Um, <laughs> yeah. But you could tell Bruce, Bruce knew, you could tell by the, it was almost a fear in his eyes, wasn't there? Yeah. He needed to really um, pick, up the, pick up the slack for, you know, the loss of crowds and all that sort of stuff, and I think he did a good job. So, mate, let's uh, let's go through some of the things that have happened over the last twenty four hours. We'll get we'll get we'll get through some of the results. So, mate, it's been a bit hot over there in Tokyo in terms of the weather. So, yep. I saw that a Russian archer collapsed from heat stroke after the heats. I mean, I've done a lot of business travel to North Asia, mate, and I can confirm that it's bloody hot in Tokyo in summer. Yep. Walking around in a suit trying to get to a meeting. <laughs> Would be, mate. That's why you've always uh, always talking about the wet bulb temperature, aren't you, mate? Um, yeah, how hot it is on the ground and whether or not to enforce the heat rule. Uh, business or sport, it, it all applies the same. And uh, But, you know, nevertheless, the show rolls on, mate, uh, regardless of the weather. We've got some shit to get through. We've come too far now. We can't stop because of the bloody sun. No, absolutely not, mate. And it was, yep. it was pretty hot at the rowing yesterday as well. So we've got one of the biggest rowing teams of any country, mate. We've got 38 rowers. And yep. it's a sport that suits us. You've yep. got to be tough. You've got to be physical. You've got to have long levers, strong chest and lats. And yep. do you have to have gone to an elite GPS private school? <laughs> yeah. It's either that or you just get identified in the street by some AIS boffin. So, but, yep. uh, you know, with uh, budget cuts these days, there's not a lot of them on the ground. So, yeah, it's much better if you can get into Joey's. Yeah. So, yep. Amanda Bateman, Tara Rigney, they've, they've qualified for the semis on Monday. The men's quad skulls are through as well. I think the... I think the women's quad came fourth, but they'll get another ch- another chance in the repercharge. I mean, yep. do you more of a broader question? Do you ever think we'll fall in love with a rowing team again? I mean, I still remember, you know, the awesome foursome. They had mainstream cut through. Yeah, look, I, I highly doubt it, mate. Um, you know, that was a lightning in a bottle, wasn't it? The awesome yeah. foursome. I mean, how many golds did they win in a row? As three or four or something? Yeah. 
and they're just uh, you know good strong blokes you yeah. know what I mean and a lot of them have moved into the corporate world now and you know you're just not going to get that type of um, pedigree out of today's generation so mate I was actually reading up on the awesome foursome did you know that they released a fitness DVD in 2004 called awesome foursome fitness Wow, fair income. Wonder where we can get that. Is that a dark web job, or is that? Um, would you reckon I can just get that on Amazon? I reckon you can grab it anywhere, mate. But I, but more broadly, I just want to go back to a time when athletes were able to release instructional DVDs. Yeah, <laughs> definitely, mate. I mean, it's just, it's just a, a that's the zeitgeist, isn't it, of the heyday where we would just like, like, like brainless zombies just walk into the big W and just buy these things because it's got Nick Green on the front. 100%. Marketability, yeah. just buying them at your local Target. It was a different and simpler time. That's right. Uh, so, mate, never uh, wavered from SPC since, mate. <laughs> so the soccer's actually just started as well, mate. I mean, the Ollie Roos got up the other night against Argentina. I mean, that's pretty good. I mean, 2-0. So Marco Tilio scored a worldie with his yep. second touch. Yep, of, I heard about that. Of course, yep. this is all just teaser content, mate, because the real deal starts today. Yep. So um, before we get into what's happening today, let's quickly recap the opening ceremony. So there are a few themes uh, scattered throughout the ceremony. We won't go into it in too much detail, but I remember when I first tuned in, there was a lone athlete planting a seed of hope uh, that one day will blossom. And all these images yep. of athletes training in isolation. So they were really hitting those COVID uh, isolation themes pretty hard but but fucking high production values though certainly was mate and as, as they say in the building game i'm not sure if you've heard of this adage but they say you know measure twice cut once and yep. um that's exactly what they did here you know uh tokyo had two years to get this right and they and they delivered no excuses let's be honest mate i mean it was a graphic heavy uh mechanically precise mm. event but they certainly hit all the touch points with the theme of COVID, the only thing that was missing was probably just a dodgy internet connection. Yeah. Uh, and maybe one of the blokes being on mute. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I turned on the Olympics to get away from this shit, but they just kept reminding me about this virus that's plagued and interrupted all our lives. I mean, yeah. did they have to do that? I know. I thought this was our escape. You know what yeah. I mean? I thought we were. I thought there was one reason we were watching the uh, the opening ceremony, and that was because, as John Coates said, it's we all know nothing about the protocols, and it's a, going to be a very important lesson <laughs> on what it takes to run an, an opening ceremony. So, yeah. you know, I was expecting just to sit through the three hours and then sit and wait for further instructions from John. Yeah. But unfortunately, I was just um, mercilessly reminded of the the dystopia that we live in. You're right that it was a very mechanical, robotic celebration. I mean, the, even the ground announcer sounded like a bot. Did you hear him? <laughs> he did. Yeah, sound, I thought it was the guy that used to do the voiceovers for the Citibank ads. Yeah. Um, <laughs> really yeah, had that it, accessible, like, Asian student who studied in America, like, international accent. That's right, mate. And, and, and he was coming out crisp across the um, auditorium, wasn't he? Because, like we, as we know, there was fuck all people there. And, and, and the ambiance was lacking due to that, wasn't mm. it? And it sort of kind of reminded me of like an RSL auditorium on a Monday at lunchtime. Yeah. Um, I was just waiting to hear, you know, like the, the bell of the pyramids feature go off or you know, <laughs> for the PA to call up someone for their schnitzel. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was pretty dead. So, I mean, the thing about watching a major event on free to air free-to-air television it's just great to see ads again mate i mean i don't watch much free-to-air television these days obviously due to the the rise of over-the-top streaming services and such uh, yep. but did you know that it's been 50 years since the first mcdonald's restaurant opened in australia well i did now that it's been completely um uh, imprinted on my brain mm. uh, after last night as um 
I'm pretty sure that uh, uh, Thomas Bach uh, stepped in and stopped this ceremony at regular intervals just so we could be reminded of McDonald's and their role in the Olympics yeah. um, uh, at a tight. Well, it's the partners that help at. bring this the, this event together, isn't it? And you've got to celebrate and pay tribute to those commercial partners at all times and costs. Uh, so obviously the. An opening ceremony is nothing without the athletes. So our Australians marched in. We had Paddy Mills, Kate Campbell. Those were our flag bearers. Uh, Kate Campbell actually didn't want to carry the flag initially. Uh, she said it was too heavy a workload. I mean, mm. fuck me. These people do one race every four years and they're worried about workloads. Mate, isn't it a shocker? Like, and, and you know, and, and, and it helps us to side with Sally Robbins, doesn't it? You know, I mean, and you know what else, mate? These these flagpoles, it wouldn't be like the old days. It's bloody state of the art, you know, hyperlight graphite. <laughs> yeah. and you barely you barely feel it in your hands, mate. It's designed for the the fragile epidermis of today's generation. Hundred percent. And I think back to the 1930s, mate. You know, there was economic downturns back then. They were forced to bloody make flagpoles out of railway sleepers. Yeah. You know? <laughs> And you didn't hear anything from Boy Charlton or anything back in the day, did you? They just got on with it. Boy Charlton would never have complained, just gets on with it. Yeah, exactly. And right, um, speaking of swimmers, so I mean, historically, a lot of the swimmers have actually skipped the opening ceremony for that reason, because, you know, their events are on the next day. They're yep. just too cool, aren't they? I mean, they, yeah. the, the, the swimmers are just like the private school, you know, first 15 team. You know, they get to leave class early, you know, they got the best uniforms, they get all the attention and all the resources. But yep. what about the nerdy blokes in the orienteering team? Exactly, mate. And they, you know, they're, they're actually like scalping for free tickets out the front, whereas our <laughs> swimmers are turning their nose up at it. I mean, that's, our swimmers are, you know, they, they need to be shortened up, don't they? Oh, they, yeah. they? They think they're rock stars. And you know what? To be fair, they are big in this country, but it's a bit like, you know, outside of Australia, they're a bit like Keith Urban, aren't they? Yeah. You know, they're big in other countries, but no one would be able to fucking tell you what they've done or performed or what they've produced at any time. So, nah. you know, they, uh, you know, again, look, they got their comeuppance in Rio. Mm. Perhaps we need uh, we need a couple of uh, blokes to get touched out at the wall. <laughs> Speaking of orienteering, I reckon it would make a, a more global uh, Olympic sport than rugby union. It'd be incredibly bad TV, just a couple of blokes staring at a compass while out in the bushland. And no one wants to see that. No, no, it's got Scouts vibes, doesn't it? And um, you know, it's <laughs> Something problematic a, about it, isn't yeah, it? There'll, yeah. be a, there'll be a cancellation at some point. That's right. So, so speaking of cancellations, mate, these are the cancelled Olympics. Yep. Uh, obviously, the actual Olympics are uncancellable. But all the key organisers involved in Tokyo 2020, many of them have been cancelled. And so that... Speaking of the opening ceremony, the, the original director, uh, Kentaro Kobayashi, was fired the other day over a, holoco a Holocaust joke that he made two yep. decades ago. Yep, yep. So, yep. mate, if you... Stuff. Yeah, look, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, it's, it's pretty severe. It's very severe, mate. Oh, two decades is a long time, but uh, the Holocaust <laughs> is, uh, you know, that's some, that's, some, some th that's some thin ice, isn't it? Let's be honest. And yeah. I mean... He was fired, and I guess as soon as that happened, it pretty much ruled out Mel Gibson getting a start yeah. um, in the opening ceremony, so that's probably a positive. I think, mate, I mean, it just reminds all of us that if you ever want to take on a gig with the Olympics, you need to go through all your old, all your social media footprint. I mean, you, Dane, you'd have to go through your, all your old articles for the Raw. You have yep. to make sure there's nothing problematic on there, you know, because the moment that you accept that role, you know that there will be an army of people going yep. through your so socials, you know, searching yep. for that one time when you compared Peter Volandi's press conference at the start of COVID to the final days of the Third Reich. Like, you'll, <laughs> you'll be cancelled over that. 
I wrote that, didn't I? Um, yeah, so it's a, it's a very narrow bandwidth, mate. Uh, it's a slippery slope doing comedy uh, yeah. as a precursor to your career in the IOC because <laughs> you're going to be stripped naked and exposed uh, in the town square. And if you've got one hair out of place, you're in the shit. 100%. So actually, the original composer for Tokyo 2020 was also cancelled for historical bullying claims. And this goes back to magazine interviews that he was giving in the 90s, where he discussed about how he used to abuse classmates, including some with disabilities. I mean, I think bullying was just more acceptable in the 90s, wasn't it? I mean, the majority yeah. of Australia's ASX 200 CEOs were probably bullied at school. <laughs> exactly. And that's what drove them to become captains of industry. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we, we're looking at it from the wrong angle, aren't we? And I also think there should be some kind of statute of limitations on any type of flagrant uh, post that's made in traditional print media. Yeah. Um, you know, if it's, uh, if it's inside the, if it's on a glossy, um, you know, maybe we should just, just uh, put that one to the side. Well, you let your guard down in a glossy, don't you? Because it's a, it's a tell-all, you know, you're probably sitting on a couch being interviewed, yep. it's relaxed. You can be a bit more open. That's right, you know, and the, the journal will say, you know, mate, uh, off the record, you know, this, that and this, and the next thing you know, you're telling them all your deep, dark secrets. Yeah. And uh, the next thing you're next to, a, you know, Lisa Curry-Kenny on the front of the Women's Weekly <laughs> talking about your sexual exploits from schoolies or something. I mean, yeah, you don't know what you're doing. I mean, that the, the, the games organised actually wanted him to stay on initially because he'd shown some remorse, but there was a public outcry, of course, and then he was subsequently cancelled, as everyone inevitably will be. I think he might have been just replaced by a Spotify playlist for the opening <laughs> ceremony. I'm not, not sure actually who they ended up going with there. The, the former um, Tokyo 2020 president, uh, Yoshiro Mori, he resigned in February for making sexist comments. And basically, he basically said that women talk too much in meetings. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh and I appreciate you leaving it hanging on that line there for me to take over. Maybe. Yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah, it said women talk too much. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it triggered a rare public debate in Japan on gender equality. Yeah. And as we've previously discussed, the Japanese are quite demure and, and like to keep their thoughts to themselves. But um, uh, and they like to suppress these type of debates mm. and, and rather than, you know, get them resolved conventionally like we do, which is by doing whatever the elites say at the Oscars. Yeah. Well, I think that's yeah. interesting, isn't it? I mean, do you reckon these Japanese blokes are copying more heat now just because of the the heightened anxiety around Tokyo 2020 or just trying to put on a good, strong show for the world that we are? You know, we're, <laughs> we're, 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 very, uh, we're open to diversity and inclusivity in, in Japan. Yeah, yeah, definitely, mate. I mean, it's all about how you look, isn't it? It's all optics. doesn't matter what's below the surface. But, um, you know, maybe they should have just played it safe and just, you know, mansplained something to a female premier before the world's media. Yeah. Uh, that might have been a, bit of a safer option. So during this, uh, this daily uh, series, so the daily episodes that we'll be running throughout, so we, we will be making, well, we'll be telling everyone about the medal tally. That's another service we're providing to you. There's been no medals awarded yet, of course. So we will keep you updated. But um, mm. there's always a lot of talk about the ROI of every Olympic medal, mate. So, I mean, if we yep. repeat our performance at Rio, which was subpar, in my opinion, uh, we, I think we got eight golds and 11 silver and 10 bronze there. That yep. will be around 16 million per medal in terms of investment. Um, yeah, right. Would that be a good result? Or do you want to get that down to maybe 10 million a medal? Where do you reckon the, the, benchmark, should, the benchmark should be, should I say? Yeah, I, I think I'll just play it safe uh, through a, a Sydney prism and, and rate my medals based on uh, stadiums. So, yep. you know what I mean? So, um, 
uh, you know, if uh, if we overperform, we might be it might be costing us one Brookvale oval per per goal. <laughs> yeah. uh, but you know, if we we're down the gutter again like last time, we're probably looking at a precinct. Yeah. Um, or costing ourselves a precinct. But as we want to do at the Have A Go podcast as well, we like to cast the net wide to our listenership. So we're going to try and keep the youngsters interested as well with um, by uh, rating it in contemporary currency. So yep. we'll, we'll, we'll do our best to you know tell you what it would cost in Ethereum or you know or iTunes vouchers or something like that. <laughs> I reckon that maybe we could... Like, there's always this talk about defunding the athletes. So I reckon we can <laughs> we keep funding them, but instead of keeping the medals... Well, allowing them to keep the medals, we could auction the medals off and then that money goes back into our coffers. So yeah. I don't know how much money that would actually yield us because I presume, you know, gold medals aren't made of pure gold because mm. that would financially <laughs> cripple the host cities. But they've yeah. got to be worth something, maybe a few hundred bucks. I mean, that that we could pay for a few banner ads at least. Yeah, or maybe just funnel it back into Gina Reinhardt because um, I guess at the end of the day, the majority of the gold's coming from from what the uh, land that she's gutting. So, yep. um, you know, f- let's go full circle, circle of life. Yeah. Have a go. Welcome to the televised broadcast of the Olympic opening ceremonies from Beijing. Thousands of Chinese performers play ancient Chinese drums. The precision of their movements made even more impressive by their massive numbers. No! The Chinese, no! Somebody has to stop them! No! No! Eric? Sweetie, are you having nightmares about the Chinese again? They're gonna take over the world! <laughs> Too many of them. No! Leave us alone! No! No! Sweetiekins, are you alright? Man, the Chinese are gonna get me! No, sweetie, the Chinese aren't going to get you. They are so. There's two billion of them, and their economy is getting better, and with their advances in technology, they're going to bring down America. <laughs> you need some shit for hire? Come talk to the blokes that have been helping build Australia since 1925. Angle grinder, hammer, drill, drain, cleaner, impact driver, generator, air compressor, or a cordless drill. Renovation, demolition, Scotty cam on television, brick saws, block saws, come and have a go. We've got some shit for hire. Trolley pipe, fender, Jamie's jury mania, light tower, brick saw, a hundred branches nationally, our forklifts are the best. We don't do license checks, injured in the workplace, disclaimers on our website. Rigby's hire. Honest working since the world's been turning. It's all about a fair go for those who have a go. So the very pleased to welcome back to the show social commentator comedian luke heggie welcome to the have a go podcast olympic special mate how are you oh standard thanks very much for having me back again in the olympics great to have you back mate it's 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 
well, it's a time where we should all just be getting around each other, Australians, um, because you on know, a stable internet connection, anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so today, mate, I want to talk to you about uh, a controversial entity, the IOC, the International Olympic Committee. Uh, we heard a lot about them lately. They're the ones that have got this event up and running. They've pushed it through despite some opposition from Japan, but others as well, uh, particularly those with Twitter accounts. I mean, what are your thoughts on the IOC? When I say that acronym, what do you think? Well, I mean, you say they, they held Tokyo to ransom to hold these Olympics. Mm. I, I don't know, man. I, I saw the happiness at the opening ceremony. What well, we're on Tokyo, so haven't samurai swords and sumo wrestling done their dash yet? Like I, <laughs> the only place for samurai swords for mine is in pairs mounted on the wall in crisscross configuration next to a framed kangaroo's jersey. <laughs> <laughs> but on the on the um the opening ceremony though, obviously I was I was, <clears throat> didn't see too much. I was watching Big Bang Theory reruns, but yeah. um I assume some samurai swords were getting swung about. Perfect time for that. Not many people around. Um <laughs> There were a few, mate. Yeah, there were a few banging around at the opening ceremony. We're doing a bit of a review of that on this podcast. But um, the traditions of Japan, you have to uphold and present those to the world. That's that's their duty. Well, that's that's the whole reason for having an Olympics. It's not the cash that no, gets thrown around. Not at all. Uh, under the table, fat envelope style. It's about, uh, well, it's it's about stadiums, like, <laughs> like the one in Tokyo I saw last night, who had quite wisely taken a tip from the Gabba and coloured their seats primarily yeah. Broncos um, strip. Um, can't really tell that there's one punter per 800 seats. But um, <laughs> frankly, though, the IOC, until there's a better group of people appoint themselves in charge of everything, I think old white blokes are doing an incomparable job. Yeah. Mainly because no one else has ever done it. Well, that's right. I mean, they appointed themselves to do it back in mm. 1896, and <laughs> they've done a good job since. No one else has done the job. I mean, no one else has had the opportunity to do the job, but... Who's to say anyone else could do any better? Yeah, and also, you know, John Coates was um, re-elected unchallenged as the uh, AOC president in, uh, for his current tenure uh, by, um, you know, he he won a race of one competitor. So, um, you know, it was fair and it was fair and square, wasn't it? That's unless you're going to put yourself forward, stop whinging yeah. about who's in there. That's what I've always That's said right. about dictatorships. Stop and if there's one you. name on the ballot, who else are you going to vote for? Exactly. All. Yeah. I mean, that's democracy. As far as getting cancelled, though, people always want to cancel these old blokes. Just never bang on about being a good bloke, in my experience. Do and say the worst possible things you can at all times. Mm. And your defence, when you get called out for advising your son to pre-purchase large, large packets of wasteland at a place like Homebush, just before a big <laughs> announcement, you get to say, well, just last year I greenlit a new stadium in the Middle East, which effectively wiped out about 10,000 migrant workers. Where were you wokies then, huh? <laughs> Shut up. And they will. They're not cancellable, are they? They somehow get away with it. They get away with these things. They're, they're, there's cronyism. There's nepotism. They they are just... They seem immune to... to we criticise them. People with Twitter accounts, people with column uh, columns in, in prominent newspapers can say all they want, but these IOC blokes, I mean, they're just getting the job done. Well, and and you're, sorry to buddy, and they're immune. And in a time when we're craving a vaccine, you know what I mean? Maybe the vaccine is just old white blokes in power. Yeah, I mean, they just be worse. You can only cancel someone who has some goodness in them. They're the easy ones to get rid of. Keep keep doing that if you're into cancel. Don't cancel these old white blokes. They they can't. They'll cancel themselves when they die. If you've got more than two thousand followers, 
no one's going to be able to cancel you. Nah, no, absolutely not. That's the threshold. Yeah, so, two thousand. I reckon that's a bit low. Is it? Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, getting a gig at the IOC, it's obviously the creme de la creme of any um, appointment. How do you get a gig there? Well, as far as I can tell, just have a funny accent when you speak English. There's, there's no way people with funny accents can be seen as corrupt or dodgy in any way. We all just have a good laugh imitating these idiots who didn't grow up speaking exclusively English. Yeah. Who, yes. who doesn't still walk around yelling the word Sidney? No. You know? No, of course. Well, it's cute. It is, it, you're right, that is kind of mandatory for if you want to sit on like, particularly like a Swiss-based international uh, sporting organisation, it helps to have a strange, funny accent. I remember Seth Blatter at FIFA, he had a bit of a funny disposition, oh, yeah. funny accent, quite a you quirky little guy, it. allows you to get away with all the horrific crimes, I guess. Absolutely, mm. you'll never see an Australian on a board like that, not a, you know, not a chance, the twang, it's ridiculous. <laughs> No one's, yeah. no one's buying that. Surrounding the 2000 Olympic mania too, no, not one person could decide who was more cute out of Nicky Webster and one Antonio Samaranch. <laughs> I reckon if the IOC were as full-time as FIFA, they would be considered every bit as corrupt. So only, mm. If you just poke your head up every four years yeah. in a game of Marco Polo, no one even knows you're there, really. Yeah, that's all right. Oh, that's fine. That's very true. Radar. That's how they stick around, isn't it? Because it's only every four years. There's a vote every four years or so. They just go back, do their thing, you know, go back to their tax haven, just kick back, and then they come back and get reappointed again. It's a, it's mm. a lovely little uh, lifestyle. What? Uh, yeah, it's a low-value cancellation too for the cancellors. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, why they're going to be gone for another four years. So I'm not going to get much out of this. Yeah, you can't bang on about that for four years. No, no. no. You get one news cycle out of cancelling someone. Yes. You're not a chance. Plus, it's all behind closed doors. And more seriously, I, th I think, like I'm speculating here, the mm. um, process to get a job, but I reckon you've just got to get someone killed, preferably unnecessarily. Mm. The less necessary the death, the better your bonus. <laughs> I, th I think now that the Olympics is such a poison chalice, countries have switched from handing IOC delegates uh, fat envelopes of cash to sway a decision to acquire the Games. I think it's gone to the exact opposite, where they're like, oh, look, here's a few million in unmarked bills next time you go to the bahamas just for lunch um you know don't don't mention that we may be an option please <laughs> and so obviously brisbane didn't take care of that so that's right can you imagine these these old you know european blokes sitting in that room thinking about brisbane like well, what are <laughs> i mean they've, they've only got have they gone for that because they know they're not going to be around that long well, it's yeah. I don't know. I don't know what's happening. Because these blokes are all going to have to go to Brisbane for that junket. Can you imagine? Yeah. Like, how are these these delegates? You know, these blokes in their eighties who've lived the life. You know, been to you know some of the most lovely places in the world. You know, they've they've wined and dined in extravagance all over the world, and now they've got to go to fucking Brisbane in twenty thirty two. What are they going to get up to? <laughs> Going to be schmoozed on a, a river cruise down the Brown Snake with Warwick Kappa. Yeah, I'd yeah. <laughs> get on the Kookaburra Queen and have an all you can eat. Be, uh, <laughs> the best thing Brisbane's got to offer. It's almost like Olympic host cities now. Yeah, like you were saying, Heg, they've gone from an application process to now it's nearly going to be like conscription. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Sure. So from now on, it's just like it, the, there is going to be a lot of anticipation around the announcement. You know, you can see the old white bloke standing at the da the dais there, sticks his hand into like a, a chook raffle sort of setup, <laughs> and out it comes. Oh, 
Yeah, I'm sorry, Antwerp. It's your turn again. Well, they should do it at the previous Olympics. Just go get pluck a duck out there. Fall <laughs> <laughs> out of the chicken wheel. Away you go. Looks like it's, uh, you know, Burkina Faso next time. Sucked in. This will ruin all of you. Speaking of um, people who should have been cancelled, pluck a duck should have been cancelled. Surely he did something very, very bad at some point on the set of Hey Hey at Saturday. Either on air or backstage, I'm not sure. Well, he's very handsy, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Yeah, very handsy. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's the power of being in a costume, isn't it? You're basically um, your identity free. That's right. You're a yeah, chicken. Yeah. You can uh, start slapping asses. No one's ever, <laughs> no ever cancelled an actual chicken. <laughs> so you're fine. Have a go. Australians have never lived a more fast paced life. With work, family, and friends, finding time to look after your well being has never been more difficult. Just ask Director of Global Marketing and all-round regular bloke, Simon. And that's Simon spelt with two eyes. Working 18 hours a day in advertising while juggling a young family and a superfluous eye, I'm often left with limited time to eat a balanced diet. Unless that balanced diet is quality uncut cocaine. Thankfully, I take Havago's premium multivitamin supplement, OptiVigor Plus. Combining vitamin B and folic acid with 94% ground horsehair, OptiVigor Plus gives me the nutrients to remain energised, regular and on point with healthy bone, nails and hair, making it sound like it's made for a Palomino horse, which it is. OptiVigor Plus, the official unofficial dressage horse supplement of the Tokyo Olympics. Have a go does not endorse the use of prohibited substances to enhance performance in the workplace or appear on point at social networking functions. It's all about a fair go for those who have a go. How to sign off. Well, 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 well. And not the way it was, as has been suggested. suggested. But for the last time, 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 the way it is. This Friday, the 29th of November, this is Brian, Brian Henderson. Sad, Brian Henderson. Sad, sad, saying, not good night this time, but good, good, goodbye. Yep, yep, yep. So, mate, now we're going to have a look at what's coming up. Uh, day one, we're here. We're in day one. There's plenty going on. There's plenty more rowing as well to tune in for. Too much to be to mention, to be honest. So I'm not yeah. going to go into it. Uh, but let's start with the Kookaburras. So the men's hockey. They've got their first game this morning, uh, yep. 10.30 a.m. I'm not sure what time this podcast is going to get up. But if you're listening to it now, maybe tune into that. We've got the hosts first up. Got Japan. Yep. And as we know, the women's softball team was humiliated in their first match the other day. Yeah. Are you looking forward to this one? Oh, sure, mate. You know, in rugby league parlance, it's just a good opportunity to cut the head off the snake, isn't it? Let's um, let's <laughs> get into the hosts early and, and just um, make a statement. And, um, you know, I'm really behind our, our um, uh, hockey team, uh, Kookaburras. Sorry, I forgot their name there for a moment. Yep. Uh, that's how much I'm behind them. But, um, you know, they've really um, stepped out of the shadow of the Hockey Roos in recent campaigns, haven't yeah. they? The Hockey Roos used to fly the flag for us, but now it's the fellas. Um, and I was really, really emboldened this morning when I picked up the paper and read a, a, a quote from uh, Eddie Ockenden, who's, uh, I believe he's the captain of the Kookaburras, and he, he described the team as, as blue-collar tradies who get up at dawn and do the hard work. Oh. And I thought, shit, that explains why they don't resonate with anyone under 25, but that's fine. <laughs> but, um, you know, I just like the feel of just knowing the boys are out there, they've covered every base off, yeah. uh, and, you know, that whole tradie mentality. So um, um, you say the game starts at 10.30, but I think it'll probably be more between 8 and 1 um, right. and uh, with a $180 call-out fee. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, did you know that we're actually at the top of the men's rankings for the hockey? 
He, he, we, we, I think we swept New Zealand 4 0. You didn't read about that in stuff.nz. <laughs> but we've overtaken the Belgians as the number one team globally now. So we're, we're top of the world in hockey. So this is a genuine, this is a genuine gold medal shout, I reckon. Yeah, for sure. And you know what that means, mate, invariably, that it's just time to put the pressure on, isn't it? Um, oh, yeah. It's, it's no longer about, um, you know, let's get behind them unconditionally. It's like, uh, I, I want my gold and I want it now. I've already banked uh, it. I've already budgeted it. Yeah, that's it. right. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So they've got nine debutantes actually in the Kookaburras and six dual Olympians. So it's a it's a great blend of youth and yep. experience, which which as we know is the essential blend uh, for yeah. any sporting team, <laughs> regardless of the code or or any workplace really. Yeah, yeah. I, I've never been anywhere that doesn't have old people and young people there. So um, yeah, it's it's tried and uh, tested method. <laughs> you ever seen the intern with Robert De Niro? I mean, old blokes have life experience that you just can't teach. Oh, of course. Um, yeah. Well, you know what we think about the young people. Oh yeah, hundred percent. There's one. There was one athlete I might mention. So Dylan Martin, he's 23, 23 years old. He's only just come into the squad. Uh, he made his international debut uh, against New Zealand. He's a bolter who hails from Wagga Wagga. So you mentioned that tradies element yep. to the to the Kookaburra. So I I can only assume that he's a raw boned kid, as all country athletes are. Yeah, of course, mate. In the second year of his plumbing apprenticeship, yep. you know, it's just uh, uh, walking in the well-worn footsteps of your your Turvey Mortimers, your Mark Taylors, Michael Slaters, Et Al, Wayne Carey, yeah. of course, for our AFL listeners. So, you know, he's got big big shoes to fill there, the young fella. But it's Wagga, and there's uh, it's a place of uh, great sporting prestige. Yeah, you mentioned some of those names, mate. The like, yeah, Mark Taylor, Michael Slater. I mean, what is it about this joint? I mean, you're a regional aspirant yourself. Is it the fresh air out there? Yeah, what's in the water, mate? That's what they say. And where I lived, it was fluoride. Um, right. But um, yeah, I'm not too sure. Wagga, it's just something in the soil, isn't there? Maybe they've uh, just got a really bad internet connection down there. All right, mate. Table tennis kicks off today. Not a high-profile sport in Australia, it must be said. But preliminary rounds are starting. We've got a number of athletes competing here. Australia's never won a medal in table tennis at the Olympics. But this is the Asian century, mate, as we're, as we're always talking about. And we need to send a message to China. This could be our opportunity. My word, it could be, mate. I mean, it's a, it, it, people call these, uh, you know, just uh, inconsequential group games or, mm. or early stages. But to me, mate, every every win is just laying a plank in the in the quest for soft power. Yeah. And uh, I, I uh, don't leave my uh, table tennis combatants out of that at all. So speaking of some of the combatants, I'd like to just shine the spotlight on Zhang Fei Lei briefly, who is representing her sixth Olympics at the age of 48. Yep. Uh, so she joins equestrian athlete Mary Hanna as the first women to represent Australia at six games. So an incredible achievement. She's a true sporting great, mate. Yep. She was born in China, moved to Australia yep. in 94, made the Sydney 2000 games, and she's been at every game since. Hasn't won a medal, has not no. won a medal, but so much experience. Yeah, I believe her even sat atop the world rankings there for a while or may even be number one at the moment. Um, sorry, I don't research at all, but... Um, I can see that uh, she was bundled out of the team's event in Rio by North Korea. So mm. she'll be looking to find revenge very delicately. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, nearing 50, uh, what a fantastic story. You know, we need mm. more of these stories. It's, and it's good to see a role model thriving on the national stage who's probably had AstraZeneca. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm right behind uh, Gian in this case. I heard that she's noted for her playing style. So she's yep. obviously grown up formative years in China pen hold grip she's got that pen hold grip yep, um i think yep. it's actually called the inverted pen hold twiddler 
which sounds oh. pretty fucking X-rated to me, mate. It does actually. It's it's that that grip you always try after about seven frothies. You know, when <laughs> you've um, when you're at a party, I'll, I'm hitting them well. I'll try this, but it never comes off, does it? No, never, absolutely never. So medals. Let's let's talk about medals. So the first medals will actually be handed out today. Uh, the women's ten meter air rifle this morning. There's a few medals kicking around as well in judo, taekwondo, weightlifting, fencing. If you want to tune into those, please go ahead and do so. There's plenty going on. Yep. By the way, if you've got a phone, you can just look this shit up. Like, I'm not going to be <laughs> providing you with an exhaustive schedule here on this podcast. The, yeah, that's what the internet's for, and you can log into an app and download a schedule or some shit. Yeah, like this show is not a spreadsheet voiced by the Citibank guy. No, you know, we're not an going... API pushing no, data right. to you. Just go and look it up if you really care. That's right, mate. And yeah, I'm, I'll be particularly looking forward to the weightlifting, which um, has an interesting backstory that uh, earlier this week, um, the IOC actually came out and said that the weightlifting's on the precipice of being cancelled as an Olympic sport. Right. Um, <laughs> many are saying it's because of the rife drug use. I just thought it was because it's just fucking boring. But, yeah. Um, but that's interesting, isn't it? That the you know that, that even the you know so so the IOC's gone. Is that a, is that a warning shot fired? Like fucking lifty game, lads. Better be entertaining. Better bring in broadcast dollars if you're going to stick around. Yeah, is that like, you know, Mal Meninga fronting a press conference after a Raiders game in the 90s and just putting a single player on notice? You yeah, know I, mean? like, I love yeah, that. Like, uh, yeah, Brett Mullins, was, he was a bit soft in his carries today. And knowing that it's going to get the desired response, maybe it will be, or maybe they'll just keep juicing. <laughs> so day two, mate, that's, that's tomorrow. Uh, that's when we really get going. So the swimming events are starting. As we know, that's where we pin all our gold medal hopes, all the budget, all the expectations obviously yep. directed towards our swimmers. So, you know, Kate Campbell, Ariane Titmus, uh, Kyle Chalmers, Elijah Winnington. These are some of the names that you'll hear over and over again. You'll see montages on yep. Channel 7. Yep. Uh, you'll see social media posts celebrating them. Just get just just think about those names right now. Let them seep into your memory because these are the names of the future, mate. These are the names that will make or break Australia's relationship with the Olympics, won't it? Yeah. And, um, you know, in a really good early sign, I saw last night, I saw uh, you know, Kyle Chambers, Boy Wonder, just strolling around the village uh, with a Sharon. Oh, good. Um, yeah, so I don't know if it was just for, you know, like his uh, uh, motor skills or he's probably just got a contractual obligation with seven. But, you know, even if he fucks up, at least he's probably good for 30 touches. Fuck, the AFL are always just looking for that little mission creep, aren't they? Like when it aren't kind of ever? seeped into the Australian cricket team, you'd see them out at Lords like warming up and they'd be like, you know, Michael Slater might have a Steeden. And then there yeah. might be a few more Victorians in the team that bring out the Sharon. They're always just looking to assert themselves in new ground, aren't they? It's it's revolting to be honest, isn't it? And it's quite unbecoming. Um, you know, if it was a Steeden, I'd be all for it yeah. uh, as a proud New South Welshman. But it's just bloody everywhere. It's like, do you want to play cricket for Australia or do you want to play AFL? Well, they all just want to be like a, a, a rover for a VFL team. <laughs> that's all they. That's all they really want. Any of these blokes, even at the Olympics. So some of the other events that are happening on day two. Uh, so the surfing starts. Obviously, we we'll talk about that. But Sally Fitzgibbon, Stephanie Gilmore, again, they're all itching to make their mark, mate. They're, they're, so, these are professionals. These are, you know, sponsored athletes who are yep. making good income through endorsements. They're there. They'll hopefully they'll win a medal. We'll see. Um, what, what are your thoughts on that, mate? Are you looking forward to that? Yeah, well, I mean, first and foremost, I'll be happy just to see Monster Energy Drink get some national exposure that it deserves, international exposure. Yeah. Um, but one, one, one competitor that I'm looking forward to seeing is, is Julian Wilson. And, you know, he was uh, a guy that, you know, created his own legend by, you know, saving uh, Mick Fanning from the, the mouth of a shark. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's about time this bloke stepped out of that shadow 
um, and made and was known for what he what he what he does, which is surfing. And but one thing I'm going to read to you here, mate, which I know that you will love, is uh, that Julian's actually took a month off the World Surf League before coming into um, the Olympics to concentrate on the Olympics, on representing his country. Um, and then after the tour, after the Olympics, he's actually stepping away from the from the tour to spend more time with his family. Now, oh, mate, you, we love a good, strong bloke do. here, don't we? I mean, he's got the handprint of his kids and his wife on his surfboard. Um, you know, and, in, and he's just obviously just a good, grounded bloke. Um, and that's what we love around here. And, and, and he's going into the afterlife of sport to where surfing will just be something he does on the side. Oh. You know what I mean? And, and that's, that's the kind of bloke we need to get behind, you know, these kind of blokes that you know, work 35-hour weeks and then play a bit of tag on Wednesday nights. That is, well. mate, that yeah. is strong. That is strong. Yeah. He's my new favourite athlete. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. So I think, we'll, I don't know what time it starts or when. Don't it know anything about it. No, absolutely no, no idea. Is Tracks Magazine still around? Can I read about <laughs> it in that? <laughs> Hopefully, mate, because, um, yeah, you, we also love um, traditional print media. We do, too. we do. Yeah. All right, all right let's, let's wrap this up. So, of course, we're going to be keeping a keen focus on these Aussie, Aussie athletes, but... Uh, I mean, these Olympics, they represent a chance for someone to really step up as the global face of sport, I think, because, you yep. know, Usain Bolt, Michael Phelps, not around anymore. Yep. So there's a vacancy right at the mm. top. Even the premium professional athletes like Roger Federer, Serena Williams, they're not there either. No. So there is room for someone to really assert themselves in Tokyo as a, as a fresh-faced, marketable athlete, you know, mm. someone that sponsors are going to clamour over each other for. So I want you to have yeah. a think about that, mate, for future episodes. Who will be the face of the games? Maybe it's not an Australian. Maybe yep. it's maybe it's someone else. And we're also open to suggestions uh, if you want to contact us. Uh, best way to do that is via Instagram or, you know, you can email us if you're a fan of the written word. It's haveagopodcast.gmail.com. Mm. Just a shout out to all the people that have been contacting us too. We bloody love hearing from you. Mm. Uh, keep it up and um, yeah what any any small idea anything that comes into mind we, we want to hear it because uh, basically we're, we're starving for content yeah yeah there's no content out there whatsoever uh, that's it mate so we'll be back tomorrow with more from Tokyo 2020 the content Olympics we'll see you then bye content blocked by the International Olympic Committee on copyright grounds content blocked again Fuck, lads, get a license. Tokyo! Yeah!